Well, it's Tuesday, November 6th, and we are two days past finishing the New York Marathon. Uh, this is going to be my final, probably, long post, and I want to thank you for listening and your interest. It was a phenomenal experience. Uh, I'm going to try to touch on, first and foremost, I feel phenomenal. Um, I... I can only attribute my post-race uh, recovery. Sure, I've got some soreness in my in my calves. Actually, my left calf, my right calf feels great. Um, I have a little bit of soreness in my in my left hip. Those are my old original soft spots. Um, post-race, immediately, Aaron, my wife, said, "You got to bring it down a couple notches. We got people coming over. You seem like you're on speed." And I was. Um, I was really amped up. I, I guess I didn't, wasn't aware of it so much, but uh, I'd have to attribute that to a couple things. Possibly, uh, it, well, probably there was caffeine in my tailwind, which um, I drank, took in about 1,100 calories. I burned 3,000. Um, I started, uh, I guess I'll just start. You know, basically, we woke up, um, I think I might have told you this, but maybe not, two nights before the race, so Friday night, middle of the night, and I said to Aaron, I can't do this. I can't do this. My le- my leg's going to blow. My calf's going to blow. And she's like, are you awake? I'm like, I'm awake, but I can't do this. She's like, are you okay? I'm like, I'm okay, but I'm not going to do this. You know, that kind of thing. Went back to sleep. Um... And the night before, you know, my friend Michael was here. We, uh, we had dinners. He had dinner with his family. Uh, Aaron and I had dinner Saturday night here in, the, in our apartment. I you know, had my whole wheat pasta and egg and uh, chicken and avocado and everything. And I, I got, to, got to sleep early enough. You know, I took the hour, in other words, daylight savings time during the day. So kind of getting myself preamped. I took the clock back like at three o'clock, so it was like. So anyway, got into bed, and, uh, and you know, plan was to wake up at five in the morning, which was really six in the morning, and I you know woke up in the middle of the night, and I decided no more negative thoughts. wasn't going to allow another single negative thought into my mind, and uh, from that moment forward until the rest of the race, that I was going to feel whatever my body was feeling, and I was just going to basically see it, watch it. Not contribute to it, not even comment on it, and uh, which I can maybe explain in a later post, but I, I'll try. Woke up probably like 4.21 was the last time, kind of got out of bed, and uh, Michael was already awake, left the house, and, you know, after doing some basic rolling, you know, took my bag full of stuff with my roller that I was going to give away, tennis ball that I was going to give away. Or long, it was freezing, it was like 41 degrees, but the sun, was, the sun wasn't out yet, but you could tell it was going to be a gorgeous day. They forecasted it to be. And uh, sure enough, uh, we left the house, took a cab, took us 30 minutes to get to the ferry on 34th Street. We were, you know, an hour early for the 6.30 ferry. The sun rose, it was magnificent. Uh, and uh, next thing you know, we're in the tent. Heated tent. Um, I laid down my mylar, my mylar uh, heat blanket that I got from a prior race. Uh, 
And uh, Michael stood. You could tell he was a little anxious. Well, we were both anxious. And I just started rolling with my orange ball. And uh, I had my oatmeal, which I had prepped uh, the night before. Sat there and ate my oatmeal. And uh, uh, tried to just relax. My heart rate was already like it. 60. I was a little worried. It was climbing up. But uh, I just tried to do my routine. Did, did all my stretches, you know, my, my hamstring stretches. I did my point your toes. I did, you know, all, all my stuff. All my rolling, stretching. Staying mellow. And uh, just as Michael predicted, you know, getting, getting to the corral was, was a bit of a nightmare. But being in the Team for Kids kind of concierge tent and everything was made it so easy and civilized we had our own bathrooms and everything it was just great um and then as michael predicted sure enough there we were running found myself with the verns on a bridge and i just kept saying to myself slow the fuck down i set a 10 20 pace on my watch and uh you know i waited for my watch to say behind time behind pace and i and i did i i had uh you know just basically just keeping loose you know of course you know i met Met this nice person from Texas and this nice person from France, and you know those little quick interactions, which are kind of fun. And uh, you know the run, the run off the bridge. The bridge. They made such a big deal about the bridge being so steep and everything, but the reality is, is the bridge was not so steep. It was fine. It was beautiful. The sun was out. It was bl- total bluebird day. Not a dollop of wind. And. Uh, it was chilly. It was probably sub-50 at that point still. And, uh, you know, up and over the bridge. And then first neighborhood, I think, is called Bay Ridge. And, uh, and I won't go through all the neighborhoods, but um, you know, I took off my mid-layer, which was my Staten Island race shirt, which is kind of a bummer. You know, gave that up. Um, I like that shirt. But, uh, you know, go- going through the different neighborhoods in Brooklyn, I know this is going to sound... Maybe a little silly, but it didn't really, it really, I wasn't, I wasn't charged by that so much. I really stayed in my own mind. Um, I first listened to Coldplay, um, and then I listened to Tara Brock, my meditation teacher, Buddhist, and she talked about finding compassion in yourself. Couldn't have been more appropriate. And uh, I started my meditation. And, you know... One of the things that I said, I started speaking out loud to her. Um, I, I don't know how to be compassionate towards myself, I said. How do you do that? You know, and, and her whole point of her lecture was, how can we compa- be compassionate to others if we don't know how to do it to ourselves? And the first thing we have to do is we have to basically see ourselves and just basically talk to ourselves and say, look, it's o- it's okay, sweetie, that you're you're worried or you're frightened or you're, in my case, maybe going to be in pain. I wasn't in any pain yet, but I was worried about my calf, as you all know. I mean, I was worried about my right calf, and I had taped the shit out of it with KT tape and also uh, decided game day decision to not run in my smart wool socks, which I love. I ran in uh, compression socks. And, you know, of course, I had much more room in my sneakers than I was ever used to. It was a little, you know, flopping around in there. But I thought, you know, my feet will probably swell, so that'll be fine. So I started my, I would call my double path of meditation and gratitude. And what that was was 
I literally just said, it's okay. It's okay. The whole race. And Om Padme Om, which is a mantra. Meaning, not, not necessarily meaning anything um, substantive, but the vibration of getting my brain into kind of a meditative vibration was what I was, what I was doing. And it really, really helped. Kept my mind over here, kind of watching, monitoring, uh, and scanning my body. And my body, you know, basically going through what it was going through. It, you know, it was, it knew how to run. My body was going to twing and twitch and niggle and maybe even get very close to, you know, blowing the calf. And I would modify my gait on my right side. You know, I did mid-strike, back-strike, mid-strike, you know, and made sure my calf did not, I tried to, you know, keep my calf relaxed. I threw a little mind there. But when my body started to get more tight and more more crampy, I just basically uh, would say, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I wasn't going to contribute to my body's situation. My body was going to do what it was going to do. And it knew how to do the run. And uh, the mind was able to just stay in a place of awareness. And uh, it was really fantastic. Um, And the other path, the other kind of parallel path that I was on was uh, the path of gratitude. And uh, I'll pick that up in a bit, but basically my good friend Rebecca, who ran Marine Corps, suggested that maybe I would dedicate a mile to a person, uh, each mile to a person that I loved and cared about. And, you know, she says, first of all, it'll keep you in the mile. Keep you in the mile that you're in. Run the mile you're in. And uh, it'll really keep you present. So I began to do that. And I'll talk more about that on my next, uh, next portion, next piece. Hey, so uh, it's... Still November 6th, Tuesday. I just figured I'd continue my dialogue um, about the marathon. Um, And I think I was just talking about how I was devoting each mile to someone. And let me tell you a little bit about it. So, basically, my idea given to me by Rebecca, runner of the Marine Corps Marathon, was really run the mile you're in and to help you do that, maybe dedicate each mile to someone. So I started talking and I, of course, first mile I I forgot to dedicate to myself, so I dedicated because I was so focused on getting over the Veronzano Bridge, which was not as steep as everybody said it was going to be, but it was fine. It was beautiful. I, I barely looked at the, to the ocean, but it was a beautiful view. Uh, and I would say that's one of the overall comments. I really didn't pay much attention to the route at all here in New York, but except when I got to Central Park. Um, so, you know, I started literally just talking out loud uh, to myself, uh, about my wife, myself, my parents, each of their parents who are gone, my brother, sister, both separately and together, my brother's child, my sister's children, um, my close friends, 
people in my life that have really been great guides. And at the same time, uh, you know, as my body started to feel things, I would meditate. And I was, after listening to the Coldplay album to begin with, I started to listen to Tara Brock, who is a Buddhist and a meditation teacher that I've studied under for a few years. And, you know, what what I often, what, I, what and my meditation practice is really about understanding the connection between the mind and the body as two separate listeners, two separate ways of paying attention and connecting them. And often staying in the body and not letting the mind run things. You know, you are not your thoughts, you are not your thoughts. But here I was running a marathon and my body was beginning to get into some pain territory or discomfort, let's say. We started with discomfort, and I had this terrible amount of fear, especially about my right calf. Um, whenever I felt a little tightness in my lower calf, I would adjust my gait, so my foot strike was more towards the rear, not the heel so much, but the rear of the foot. Um, I didn't want to come down right on the heel. So, um, I... And listening to Tara Brock, you know, she was talking about compassion and how to be compassionate for others. One needs to learn how to be compassionate for themselves. So I really listened to her, you know, and we were talking about meeting yourself. If you were able to, say, using the example of another person, kiss them on the forehead in a supportive, loving way, you might say, it's, it's okay, sweetie. You know, that's compassion. As opposed to sympathy, which is, you know, you'll feel better, or, you know, I'm sorry for you, or, you know, very distant. This is compassion, sitting with, can't fix, acknowledging, uh, empathetic, acknowledging the pain, not glossing over the pain. So, first thing, first thing I, I did after... You know, using some of her words, it was really just a, you know, look, my leg was feeling the way it was feeling. I mean, it is the way it is. So my leg was feeling a certain way and it was sending messages to my brain. And it was really up to me whether I was going to let my brain now throw up all kinds of filters like, oh my God, or this is going to start to hurt worse, or, you know, this is the beginning of the end, or, you know, I, I just didn't allow any of those filters. So... Um, I didn't stay in my body. I stayed kind of, and maybe this is bad, I don't know, but I kind of stayed in a detached place in my mind. Um, really just relaxed, relaxed, grateful, joyful. I mean, it was very um, meditative and reflective, but it took, it took a lot of energy. I mean, um, I guess, not that I was tired, but I mean, it took focus. Uh, to stay in this place of detached awareness. And um, sure, I, I, I kept my eye on my cadence, which I was shooting for 180. I had my metronome on, you know, tap, 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 tap. And I was also focused on keeping my heart rate low. And it was just fucking beautiful. I mean, I had like several miles at 117. You know, my normal resting is in the 40s. Um, my rest, I'm, I'm at 41 right now, just so you know. I just had lunch 
but my average resting for the last four hours is 49. So I guess because I had lunch, it dropped a bit. And I'm talking about I'm talking about what I was doing. So obviously, my talking about it is putting me back in that space. Um, just to step aside for one second, I uh, of the actual while I'm in the run, um, you know, visualization. Um, I think I, I talked about on this podcast quite a bit. You know, really. Uh, for the past 30 years since I was in law school taking bar exams taking other exams um, visualization you know, literally seeing myself at the finish um, was so important f- at the finish mile 24 which I figured I was going to be coming around the outside of Central Park West but I was wrong I was actually still on the inside but it's okay I, I could see myself strong confident proud I pulled it back to mile 20 um course i didn't know the course so well that i placed myself properly you know but mile 21 i was like at i think 102nd street or so um on fifth avenue beautiful leaves um a lot of people walking a lot of people holding their legs in pain um i got a little unnerved by this guy probably an italian or european media person who had some bags that were not attended as closely as they should have been but but the visualization all the way back to the beginning of the race and before the race and uh, the night before the race really helped me give my mind a place to go. My mind knew exactly what to expect, uh, and which in turn helped my body know what to expect. But interestingly enough, a week before, my coach said to me, did you visualize having a problem and overcoming the problem? You know, pulling over to the side, massaging your calf. And I didn't, so I started to do that a little bit. Got a little nervous doing that in my visualization because I didn't want to live that reality. I didn't, so I didn't really, didn't I didn't spend a lot of time, you know. Figured I'd solve the problem and I'd move on. That's that's as much visualization I did. Maybe I should spend more time. But bottom line is, coming back out of visualization, back to what I was talking about is so much about this is about fear and being afraid and I think there's such a rush to move out of that into the next stage into the next mindset which is I'm no longer afraid or I was sad a moment ago I'm no longer sad you know it's a little bit like if you practice yoga there's a transition between postures and how you arrive in the next posture has a lot to do with where you're coming from the transition and how you leave a posture has a lot to do with your transition. If you rush out of a feeling, uh, chances are that feeling's going to come back. So I was really trying to walk a fine line between being afraid and, and also seeing myself seeing myself not allow the afraidness to move outside of its own little place. Uh, you know, in my mind's eye now, it takes me back to a meditation Tara Brock talked about. And I know when you listen to this podcast, you probably never expected me to talk about meditation, but uh, it's kind of combining the things that I do. So it's pretty authentic. You know, Tara Brock, T-A-R-A-B-R-A-C-H. She's a Buddhist meditation teacher. She talks about creating a, a clearing in the woods metaphorically in our minds a place where we're safe 
a place where we can sit and watch the world, watch our lives, watch ourselves. And from that clearing, we can allow the child part of us go out into the woods and play, maybe climb a tree, maybe even worry that the child's going to fall, not go rush and prevent the child from climbing the tree or prevent the child from climbing on the stone fence or even being there if they do fall, just watching and being okay with the child part of us. So that's what I was trying to do with my run was, you know, just let my body run. I paid attention to my gait. I paid attention to my fear that was coming from my mind. My body, my body wasn't saying fear. My body was saying, ow, or my body was saying tight, tight, tight. I was just, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Just trying to be nurturing, just nurturing, not changing my body. And, um, it helped tremendously. Um, the other thing that, the other thing that happened, uh, was at mile 21, all of a sudden I look at my watch and my heart rate has gone out of my nice zone of the 120, I think my high was 128 to 177, 180. And I'm like, fuck, what happened? So of course, I ran from 21 home, probably at 169, 170 to the finish line, and my, my time slowed down substantially. So what happened? It was hour four hours, 20 minutes into the race. I had about two and a little bit of miles left, maybe three miles left. What happened was simple. My, um, my decision in mile six to have 200 calories and then have a bottle of water and not go right into my second 200 calories was a consistent mistake I think I made throughout the race that what I should have done was I should have continued to ingest calories calories uh, as long into the race as possible. I had the calories on me and I, I finished with an extra 200 calorie bag but I probably had too many calories too late uh, so by mile 18, I should have reloaded and really started drinking uh, my last 400 calories, but I didn't. I, I, uh, or even by mile 16, I should have been doing that. And, and why did that happen? Uh, probably inexperience, um, dealing with the water transition stations, getting my water bottles filled with cups, which they would only use instead of the bottle, opening the Tailwind Nutrition, which tastes great, helped me feel phenomenal but the packaging sucks the packaging is it looks like a candy bar you got to tear off one end there's powder you got to hold the top of your water bottle while you're running and not spill too much water out and you know it was a logistical nightmare i lost a lot of time in the second half and it takes a lot of energy doing what i'm doing i'm literally not even looking at the ground i could have stepped into a puddle or but it slowed me down so i learned so much and that's so fixable I mean, yeah, I've got to fix the container that the trail, the tailwind is in, but in terms of how many calories I consume when, because um, you may not remember this, but when I did my last long run, which was 16 miles, at two hours, I think, my heart rate did the same thing. It spiked. It went from my range, which I like my comfort zone, to 128, it could even be 135, up to 175, 180. And it was literally like, I'm not talking about a, a incremental increase, sudden. So my heart, my body was working that much harder suddenly. And it stayed working that much harder suddenly. 
So we thought we addressed it with the hydration nutrition plan for this run, but Michelle changed my nutrition plan. She, she pulled me back 100 or so calories like the night before the run. She's like, I re-looked at the calculation, and, and I, think, I think she kind of forgot you know, about that problem I had on my last long run, but it wasn't her fault. I mean, this is all art as well as science and I've never really I've never run past 18 miles before so this is really experimentation um the uh other interesting thing is um you know people say don't try anything new on race day well I did I ran in compression socks and I'd, I'd run in them only once before like eight miles and I I didn't really sense anything about them but as I was leading into the weekend you know, my friend, Rebecca, the Marine Corps marathon runner, multiple marathon runner, she said, look, with your calf issue, I want you to get calf sleeves. And it was the night, before, like two nights before the run. So I couldn't find them at any of the stores near me online. Uh, you know, I looked on their websites. So she's like, it'll be at the expo. So I go to the expo on Friday. And sure enough, I buy Ost calf sleeves, not the ones she recommended. And I decide I'm not going to run in them. I bought them, but I decided I'm not going to run them. Fine. Uh, the night before the run, I decided how I was going to tape my legs, um, tape my left knee for the patella, you know, shifting patella. I taped my right, uh, you know, all the way from my Achilles heel up the center. I taped the front up my shin muscle, you know, the muscle right down your shin on the right side. And I taped the, uh, anyway, I taped, I taped a lot. And then I brought the compression socks to the heated tent and I put them on just before run. Took off my smart walls, put them on, and look, it worked perfectly. Um, and when I got home, finished the run, Rebecca and I spoke. She's like, put those sleeves on now for recovery. And I was like, brilliant. So I put my new sleeves on and on my calves and it felt phenomenal. And I, I really think all this stuff has really helped. So I learned a ton. This was a great experience. Um, I can't wait to do it again. Uh, I just signed up for Los Angeles, March 24th. So um, if you want to stay in touch, please uh, either send me a text at 650-224-2621. If you want to follow me, follow me on Instagram. G-A-R-U-T-C-H I'll probably have another podcast and thank you for listening I've really enjoyed this I hope you got something out of it and if you listen to it uh, and it helps you I would that would be great uh, it's totally doable and uh, really joyful experience so have a great run great training and good luck